You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining us for another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on CannabisRadio.com. About once a month or so, NCIA's Government Relations Department will be hosting from right here in Washington, D.C. I'm your host, Michelle Rutter, and I'm the Government Relations Coordinator for NCIA. I'm joined today by NCIA's Director of Government Relations, Michael Correa. Hi, Mike. Hi, Michelle. So this is our first episode, and we're excited that you could join us and listen to us talk a little bit more about what's happening here in Washington, D.C., talk some politics and what it all means for the cannabis industry. And once a month, you'll hear from Mike and I, and we'll talk policy. Thanks, Michelle. We're going to talk a little more about what uh, NCIA is doing here in Washington, D.C. Really excited to have a special guest with us today. And so we might as well jump into the interview. Uh, Our first guest is going to be Congressman Earl Blumenauer, who represents the 3rd District in Oregon. And if some of our members don't know this already, and some of the listeners don't know this already, Earl Blumenauer is the number one champion for the cannabis issue on all of Capitol Hill, and he has been advocating this cause for uh, over 40 years. And he's been a member of Congress for over 20 years, and I just wanted to introduce uh, Congressman Earl Blumenauer. Hi, Earl. How are you doing? Hi, Mike. I'm well. Well, thanks for joining us today. I just wanted the first question I wanted to ask, um, we're going to have a lot of listeners who maybe don't know you or are hearing about you for the first time. Just what got you involved with some of this issue originally? I was a, a brand new member of the Oregon legislature just out of college in the early 70s. And we were involved with trying to reform some of our drug and alcohol policies. For example, not making criminals out of chronic late-stage alcoholics and putting them in jail. And part of that effort 
we re-examined policies regarding cannabis. And I will tell you, it was eye-opening for me. Uh, the deeper I got into that subject, the more it just seemed outrageous that we were criminalizing behavior uh, for something that was not nearly as harmful as tobacco, for instance, um, and that there seemed to be no good policy reason, uh, and it seemed just blatantly unfair. I was involved in Oregon's effort where we were the first state to decriminalize marijuana, and we had what I think was the very first state action uh, in a legislature that would have legalized adult use. It wasn't successful, but it sure made a lasting impression on me. And at every step of my political career and the work I do as a private citizen, I've been working to try and change this failed war on drugs. Um, and it's been, I will say, one of the more rewarding things I've done as a member of Congress. One, one question I have for you is when you first got elected and you first brought this up to other members of Congress, what were their initial reactions and what have you seen change over those 10 to 20 years as now you start having discussions with other members to discuss the issue? Uh, initially, it was something that most people just would rather not deal with, even if they would agree with us on the merits. And I, I actually bet that there were some of those members who actually had used or maybe even were using marijuana, but it was something politically they didn't feel uh, like they could uh, make a major issue. And there was little appetite for pushing it forward. What I've seen, and I want to credit NCIA because you've been a vital partner in being able to make progress on Capitol Hill. Uh, over the course of the last five years or so, we've watched this issue slowly become more mainstream. Now, the fact is that the real progress in advancing uh, alternatives has been at the state and local level, uh, starting with California in, in uh, 1996, uh, right through the nine elections we had in November. It's been the state and local level where the real action has been. But more and more people understand the prohibition is a failed policy. More and more people are respecting the work of the states. And more and more people are willing to talk to me about this bipartisan reform agenda we have. And as you know well, because you've helped on it, we've been able to secure votes from dozens of Republicans for our reform efforts in these last several sessions of Congress. Now, you have spent the past year or two traveling around the country before this election and uh, uh, basically been talking to anyone who's been willing to listen on this issue. Could you just uh, mention sort of the some of the places you've been to um, and sort of the response you've been getting around the country? Sure. Well, uh, I do try and make uh, the trips I make around the country uh, for uh, – business or for politics, uh, attempt to make them count uh, for cannabis reform. I, uh, from uh, Portland, Maine to Santa Barbara uh, in uh, Silicon Valley and Arizona, Nevada, I had a series 
of conversations, even in some places like in Texas, where the people who met with me to discuss marijuana reform were probably committing a felony under Texas law. Uh, I'm, I've, I'm watching people really become much more energized and focused. I'm finding that young people particularly, but others as well, understand, understand that it's time to change these uh, failed policies. I'm finding that there's a greater openness. The media is fascinated about this, and I've had meetings with the editorial board of the New York Times and the LA Times and interviews on public broadcasting. There's, there's a, a growing awareness that this issue is cresting. There's an openness on the part of the media to actually help us uh, have uh, a more thoughtful discussion. And I find more and more people uh, who are thinking that this makes sense uh, to bring it out of the shadows, to better protect our children, and to capitalize on the potential economic and therapeutic benefits rather than uh, pretending that uh, somehow uh, we can force people to not use something that they want to use. I've looked at this as a tidal wave that's sweeping over America. Um, and I've just been amazed when I see some of these election results where mm-hmm. over 70% mm-hmm. in Florida, 60 yep. plus percent in North Dakota, uh, 50 plus percent in Arkansas, you know, Southern or mm-hmm. quote unquote Republican states yep. where you just see uh, medicinal marijuana just being accepted as right. a, a sort of given, which has been a sea change. You've been doing this a lot longer than I have where you've seen that it's almost, and what I've been noticing on Capitol Hill is uh, medical marijuana is basically accepted. That's like a given. Now, adult use, Mm -hmm. a retail, recreational, that's, I don't think Congress is there yet, but do you sort of sense the same thinking as far as the, just the medical component of it? Well, I, I think you're right to compare it to a wave. And I feel that this November that wave of reform crested, winning in eight out of the nine states. And, and frankly, the, the state we lost, we faced millions of dollars uh, from you know, casino magnets and drug companies uh, and opposition of a governor. And we still came within a couple of percentage points. Uh, this, to me, is extraordinarily exciting and gratifying. It signals to me that we're going to... Uh, if everybody does their job, uh, within five years, I think everybody in America who wants it will have access to medical marijuana. And I think most states will be figuring out how they want to treat it. And I feel within five years, the federal government will accept that approach. We'll be right back with Representative Blumenauer after this short commercial break. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Do you want to get in on the booming cannabis industry? With new Frontier Data, we give industry insiders the power of big data analytics to help navigate this rapidly growing and changing landscape. New Frontier's tools help you make critical decisions based on the facts. Our industry analyst reports reveal the best opportunities, Our custom research engagements deliver answers to the most difficult questions. And our cutting-edge big data platform, Equio, puts real-time information and answers you need right at your fingertips. 
go to www.equio.io and sign up for your free membership today. That's E-Q-U-I-O to sign up now. The power of real-time big data is now in your hands. Run with New Frontier and let us help you conquer the wild. <sighs> cash? Sorry. I don't carry around cash, and I don't want to use the ATM and pay surcharges. You don't need to carry cash. Haven't you heard about PayQuick? Okay, tell me about PayQuick. It's the safe and easy way to pay. It works just like your debit card to securely pay for your purchase, and it gives you rewards points every time you use it. Nice. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Himping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Everyone deserves the medicine they need. Aaron's premium CBD essentials and CBD nectar products are made from plant-based organic ingredients, grown and processed in the United States. Our unique formula of coconut oil and coconut water infused with CBD oil is ideal for all skin types and provides maximum relief. Aaron's Essentials was formulated by 9-11 first responder and stage 4 cancer survivor Aaron Sieber. As a cannabis connoisseur, Aaron began making and using his own lab-tested medicinal cannabis products to help relieve the side effects of his rigorous cancer treatments. Visit www.cannosaurbrands.com for more information on Aaron's Essentials and learn how you can pay it forward. That's C-A-N-N-A-I-S-S-E-U-R-Brands.com. How high do you like your profit margin? CannabisRadio.com. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back to NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. I'm Michelle Rutter, and I'm joined here by Michael Correa, and we're here interviewing Congressman Blumenauer. Just out of those eight or nine, eight of the nine states, does anything surprise you of the election results? It was higher than you thought, or it, did it align up with what you were thinking? Yeah. Well, I, I think each one of the campaigns, as, as you know, uh, was, was a little bit unique. Uh, there were different forces arrayed in support and opposition. What I thought was, was fascinating was the ability for us to win, for example, in a state like Massachusetts, where the political establishment was against it. Usually the political establishment is neutral. Occasionally we'll have a courageous state senator or somebody you know who will speak out. Uh, in California, we had obviously a broader uh, support there. But in Massachusetts, we were opposed by the Republican governor, by the Democratic mayor, 
of Boston. Uh, we had a number of very influential political leaders. The, in the last week of the campaign, the Catholic Church threw almost a million dollars against us. Uh, and in, in the face of all that opposition, it still prevailed. And I think that is, uh, is just, for me, is remarkable how campaigns that uh, were basically grassroots, there was, there was heavy student involvement, more and more minorities got involved, uh, people from the medical profession. I mean, the, the coalitions were growing and diverse. Um, the, the sophistication of the people running campaigns on our side continues to grow. I mean, these are really uh, very, uh, uh, very sophisticated, thoughtful uh, camps, uh, energizing people. Um, uh, we saw a lot of uh, millennial disaffection in this last election. Um, uh, they, their participation was way down. But when it comes to legalizing cannabis, uh, the millennials and, and younger Americans generally were very active and involved, and it was very helpful. So, Congressman, we're talking a little bit about Congress and these states that just passed, and I'm curious about what you think the impact of uh, the the new the new representatives that will be on the Hill from these new states. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what you think the impact of that will be on the greater conversation here in Washington? Well, there are I think 50 or 51 uh, new members. There was some last minute messing around to see exactly who won in some close races, but uh, for the sake of argument, say 50. I think that uh, virtually all of the people on the Democratic side of the aisle are supportive. Uh, I, in fact, uh, that's one of the things I talked about to the people that I campaigned for or I supported. Uh, talk to them about the, the power of this issue, giving them information, talking about what we've done in Oregon, which I think is an important step forward. So I think there's a lot of open-mindedness uh, and receptivity. Uh, we lost a couple of the people on the Republican side that were real thorns in our side. Uh, Senator Kirk uh, was leading the effort to take out my uh, amendment that would have allowed veterans to be able to discuss, frankly, medical marijuana with their VA doctors. Uh, Kirk pulled that out. He was chair of that subcommittee. Um, uh, John Fleming from Louisiana was one of our most vocal and I, I think less rational uh, opponents, but he was a doctor from Louisiana and he was there arguing against us all the time. They're gone. Um, and I think uh, additionally that the fact that now about a quarter of American citizens are in states where adult use is legal. And you, you mentioned, I think, Michael, the uh, Florida vote, over 70% for medical marijuana. That's the second largest marijuana market in America, even though it's just medical. So there are many representatives now who are actually uh, faced with legal businesses in their states that are taxed unfairly. They can't fully deduct their business expenses. Uh, they are forced uh, to uh, be conducted on an all-cash basis. It's very hard for the industry to get bank accounts. Uh, and all of a sudden, they have a much larger constituency to try and help us fix those problems. Even if 
they're not enthusiastic supporters of cannabis reform. Uh, they've got hometown business people who deserve to be treated fairly by the federal government. And, and nobody, nobody that I've worked with or talked to over these decades think there's any purpose enforcing cannabis to be a all-cash enterprise. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, when I worked on the Hill, members of Congress, uh, senators, they care about their home state. They care about hearing yep. from their locals. And yep. if we can build up established, respected state legal businesses, uh, they want to hear from them and they want to protect their states. And that's what's so, been so great about the past couple of years is we've been able to allow these states to start establishing these businesses and they have a vested interest in letting you guys know what's going on at the state level. And it gives politicians, I think, a little more comfort to know mm -hmm. that their businesses are Absolutely. supportive. And that that's such a big you know, thing that I've been working on is when I walk into an office, it's so great when they say, yes, we've been hearing from our constituents. It just makes it a lot easier. Well, you've been part of that effort, Michael. I, I can't say enough about how the involvement of people in the cannabis industry is helping shape this new environment. I mean, people, I, I've been very impressed how people have stepped up uh, their efforts to lobby on Capitol Hill and in their home communities. They've stepped up supporting efforts. They've been involved with campaigns. Uh, cannabis business people have been talking to the media. Um, their voices have, I will tell you, made my job a lot easier. I know it makes your job a lot easier. Uh, you can see the difference. We'll be right back with Representative Blumenauer after this short commercial break. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Mindful of sustainable practices and limiting their environmental footprint, Sansal hemp is always grown outdoors, as nature intended. By starting with uniform genetic profiles, Sansal ensures the plant will maintain its optimal performance and yield consistently throughout its life cycle. It is through innovative processes that Sansal is able to achieve pure whole hemp extracts and meet industry requirements and the level of quality desired by many of their customers. Healthy plants, healthy people. SansalCBD.com. Improve your lifestyle naturally. The National Cannabis Industry Association presents the Seed to Sale Show, January 31st and February 1st at the Colorado Convention Center in Denver. Register now at www.seedtosaleshow.com or 888-409-4418. The NCIA Seed to Sale Show, the largest cannabis business event to be held in Denver, will host over 2,000 cannabis professionals and focus on innovations and technology in cultivation, infused products and extraction, and sales strategies. The show will recognize the best in the industry with the Cannovation and Canatech Awards. Register before January 6th for $100 savings at SeedToSaleShow.com. Use the code RADIO15 for an additional 15% off. Plan your experience now for the NCIA Seed to Sale Show, January 31st and February 1st. SeedToSaleShow.com or 888-409-4418. Cannabis legalization efforts are increasing competition for businesses wanting to make it big. 
In this complex and fast-changing environment, only the savviest will survive. What are you going to do to stay ahead of the game? Enter New Frontier's free platform, Equio, the premier business intelligence, visualization, and marketing platform for the cannabis industry. With Equio, you can stay on top of your store sales, trends, and competition, better understand your seasonality and broader sales trends, identify and compare your top products and categories, and cross-buying opportunities. Go to www.equio.io to sign up for your free membership today. That's E-Q-U-I-O to sign up now. The power of real-time big data is now in your hands. Run with New Frontier and let us help you conquer the wild. Cannabis use isn't the only thing growing. So are we. Grow with us. CannabisRadio.com Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. As we wrap up our final segment here on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, we've been talking with Congressman Earl Blumenauer, one of the greatest champions for the cannabis industry on Capitol Hill. Thanks again for joining us, Congressman. Next, I wanted to talk to you, Congressman, about something that I know has been on everybody's mind uh, since the election, and that is our new president-elect. So you touched on it a little bit by saying, you know, we have almost a quarter of Americans in states with adult-use cannabis now. And you would think after this November, with all the initiatives that passed, that the industry would be elated. Uh, But the surprise win by President-elect Trump has left everyone, I think, a little unsure of what this means for the cannabis industry. Can you talk to me a little bit about what your opinion is on this and where you see things going next in the new administration? Well, I'd be the last person to be able to give you clear signals about what a Trump administration will do. (laughs) I mean, the the closer you listen, uh, it seems sometimes that even while the president-elect is in the same paragraph, he seems to be uh, changing his mind, changing positions. What we do know is, number one, that Mr. Trump on the campaign trail was clear that he thought the work that was going on on a state-by-state basis ought to be allowed to continue, that the federal government ought to respect what the states are doing. That was a clear statement, and to the best of my knowledge, has never been contradicted. It may be one of the few that President Trump has been (laughs) consistent uh, about. Uh, Second, we know that the marijuana wave that we talked about with that overwhelming vote in uh, states across the country, that marijuana got more votes than Donald Trump or more votes than Hillary Clinton. Uh, Millions of Trump supporters voted to change these policies. And we now have a situation where, uh, depending on what poll you uh, read, uh, we have 58, 60% or more of the American public that thinks that states ought to be able to go their own way. They support adult use. If, it's, if the question is medical marijuana, it's like 70% or more in the surveys I've seen. And, of course, that's been validated in winning eight out of nine elections. And before that, we had five successful elections in the previous four years for adult use. 
So there's a trend, a very strong political trend. Public attitudes have changed, evidence with election results. So I am of the opinion that the, that the president would be well advised to stand by what he said earlier, allow the states to go forward, have the federal government not interfere. And the two major priorities I have for this Congress is having state legal cannabis businesses be able to pay fair taxes with a check. And I can see no reason why a Trump administration should want to interfere with either of those two priorities. Absolutely. Uh, are you concerned at all with his uh, appointment of Senator Jeff Sessions then for attorney general in terms of this issue? I know we've talked a little bit about uh, you mentioned the federal government not interfering and about states' rights, uh, which Senator Sessions is a big proponent of. But I'm curious as to whether or not you think Senator Sessions will keep his hands off of the cannabis industry and whether he'll go after other issues or whether or not he'll make this uh, something he wants to go after. You know, again, uh, I, I would be the last person to be able to determine uh, what uh, Senator Sessions will or will not do or should do. I mean, obviously, his position on cannabis is out of step with the vast majority of the American people, out of step with what uh, candidate Trump said. Uh, I would say it's probably out of step with many of the people back in Alabama. I mean, look at, at a vote in a neighboring state in Arkansas. Uh, for medical marijuana. But it's, it's too soon to tell. There are obviously things that can be done. Uh, as a practical matter, there is no reversing the trend that we are working with now. That train has left the station, whether it's two years, five years, uh, 10 years. Uh, cannabis will be widely accepted. It will be state legal most places, medical marijuana, will have its place and people will have access to it. Um, there aren't enough federal prosecutors to stop uh, this trend and, and people don't want it stopped. Uh, so I am hopeful that President Trump, when he is in office, sends some clear signals. Uh, I don't think that an effort to try and roll this back from one part of the federal government is going to be successful. I think it will produce all sorts of negative consequences that will be felt immediately, immediately, and will have profound consequences for people who uh, want to take up an effort to uh, destabilize this marijuana movement. There will be a political price paid in 2018 and, and 2020. I do not think that there will be an anti-cannabis president ever elected in the United States. Uh, and I think increasingly uh, members of the House and Senate uh, who are anti-cannabis are in a minority um, and they're fighting history as well as their constituents. So it wasn't an encouraging sign. Of course, there are lots of reasons I have reservations about Senator Sessions, but it just makes our job harder in the short term. Uh, but I don't think it changes the ultimate outcome. And if anything, it may help us rally more people to do a better job of advocacy at the state, local, and federal level. I agree with you 100%. I think I'm cautiously optimistic about the election, and I think um, 
you know, what NCIA is planning to do is to appeal to the Trump and the Sessions people to say a tax and regulated system is a lot better than going back to the black market. And you see they made a lot of publicity over the hundred or thousand jobs they saved at carrier air conditioning. <laughs> I can see I can see forty, fifty thousand jobs in Colorado alone that they could save by protecting the fastest growing industry in America. And so you know, NCIA's approach is going to be educating these people in the short term and then building up a longer term strategy like we've always worked with you on is just educating a lot of these people to achieve a positive outcome. I did want to say um, we are going to be winding up here. Um, and for our listeners, this is recorded, but uh, it's Christmas season and, and Congressman Blumenauer is going to be having a Christmas party this week that we're going to be attending. I just wanted to give you a couple seconds to talk about your fruitcake and what you're doing during the holiday season. <laughs> Well, uh, I, I do uh, bake and distribute uh, hundreds of fruitcakes every year. Uh, we have a partnership with a local uh, amazing ice cream company in Portland, the Salt and Straw Ice Cream, that uh, they make actually a fruitcake ice cream based on my recipe, and all the proceeds go to buy bicycles for uh, poor children who otherwise wouldn't get them. Um, it's it's uh, a nice expression of the holiday, uh, I think, to uh, be able to look somebody in the eye, give them uh, something that people may feel uh, uh, exemplifies politics these days, a fruitcake. Um, but it is, uh, it's a nice, uh, for me, it's a nice holiday ritual. will involve lots of people. We're going to help some underprivileged children, uh, and we're going to have some fun. The uh, um, one that's really wonderful to hear, and just for our listeners, I think fruitcake is the uh, my least favorite food out there, and I've had this fruitcake <laughs> ice cream, and it is absolutely wonderful. And uh, Congressman, I can't thank you enough for all you've done for the cause and w with working with us. And our, for the listeners, there is no better champion on Capitol Hill than uh, Congressman Earl Blumenauer. And everyone needs to reach out to their office, say thank you, do whatever we can to support people like him. Congressman, thank you for your time. Any last words as we go? And I'm looking forward to yep. seeing you at the Christmas party. Well, I, I will look forward uh, to uh, sharing some fruitcake and fruitcake ice cream with you and uh, wishing holiday cheer. I appreciate the opportunity to be with you for this important work of being able to extend the outreach on these important issues. And we have our work cut out for us. We know what we need to do in the next session of Congress. And I'm looking forward to working with you, the industry, and the advocates to make sure that the next Congress has been as successful as what we've seen in the last two. Well, thank you again. Wonderful. Thank you so much again, okay. Congressman. I'm really looking forward to some fruitcake this week. Okay. All righty. Thank you. So before we wrap up this episode, I just want to remind our listeners about some of the upcoming NCIA events that we have, uh, as well as how to get more involved with NCIA. So you can visit our website at www.thecannabisindustry.org to learn more about our organization, our mission, our members, and to get useful information that's relevant to the growing cannabis industry. We hope that you've already gotten your tickets to our Seed to Sale show, which is happening in Denver, Colorado from January 31st until February 1st. You can learn more about the panel discussions and exhibitors by logging on to www.seedtosaleshow.com. 
And last but certainly not least is Mike and I's favorite event of the year, which is our uh, Cannabis Industry Lobby Days. This year will be our seventh year. Uh, and every year we have our members come to Capitol Hill and descend upon Congress to give the industry some face time with our legislators. Uh, you'll want to register ahead of time so that Mike and I can start planning out your meetings and, and you can start making your travel arrangements. But you can log on to www.thecannabisindustry.org slash lobbydays2017 for more information. So thanks again for joining us for NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, and we look forward to joining you next time on CannabisRadio.com. Thanks. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.